Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Now, we have made a conscious effort over the last two and a half years not to talk about Brexit. But it's 30 days away, most likely. It's unlikely at this stage there's going to be an extension. And it is 30 days away. And it looks like we now know what possibly might happen. Well, it'll be a combination of a couple of different things. It's not set in stone yet, but obviously Boris has to go to Europe with a deal, etc., etc., right? But it has more or less been revealed. So, would you accept a hard border if it comes to it? Now, when I say a hard border, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what I mean, okay? So, Boris Johnson says the reality of Brexit is there will need to be a customs check on the island of Ireland after the UK leaves the EU. And for anybody who didn't realise that three years ago, when all this conversation started... You're clowns because they're a sovereign country. They won't be part of the European Union. They're an independent, sovereign country. And they're absolutely within their rights to protect their border. The problem, of course, for Ireland is is that they own six counties of our country. Well, they're responsible, certainly, for six counties of our country. The argument of ownership goes back a long way. So because of that, whether they liked it or not, whether we liked it or not, Europe would insist on a border there. And so were the British, because the whole idea of Brexit was to protect their borders and stop the free movement of people. That was what the majority of people voted for. So, the PM rejected claims that that would effectively mean a hard border, even though he said there would be customs checkpoints in the form of a series of custom posts set five or ten miles back. Now, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, in Jonesborough, say, for example, in the UK, or in Dundalk on the southern side, it's still a border. So it's kind of like this, there's going to be this kind of no man's land, possibly between, if you know the geography of it, Dundalk and Jonesborough, that last exit before you come back into the south. He told BBC Radio 4 today, uh, a sovereign united country must have a single customs territory. He refused to give details, but said formal proposals would be made soon. Speaking in the Commons on Tuesday, Brexit Minister James Doodridge uh, said the government would set out more detail uh, on an alternative to the backstop in the coming days. Now, I'm sure you're all sick of hearing the word backstop. And of course, Coveney and Veronica were waffling on today. But listen, can I just say something to you with the greatest respect? Ignore them too. They can waffle on all they want. This has nothing to do with them. They can have their say. They can say, we don't like that. We reject that. We don't think that's good. But it doesn't matter. It's not their call. This is the call of British Parliament and Boris Johnson for the moment. It is not their call. They can cry about it all they want, but it's nothing to do with them. When Britain leave the EU as a sovereign country, they have a right to pretty much do anything they want with their own country. And we have no right to stop them because they're no longer part of the EU. He also said he wanted to assure the House there would be no infrastructure checks or controls at the border. This has been argued about all day. That's an impossibility. That statement is an impossibility. If you're going to have custom checks, be it at Dundalk or be it at Jonesborough on the main road or at different roads around Monaghan or whatever the borders happen to be, there's no possible way of not having... When you say infrastructure, if infrastructure means a man standing with his hand out... That's technically infrastructure because that man has to have a hut or something to go into. So there is no technology currently at the moment that would be able to do this automatically, as you would say driving down the M50 when you're toll tag. There is no technology to stop 
some sort of infrastructure or human intervention. Because if there was, they would certainly be using it between Canada and America, for example, who would have the best technology, but they still have to stop people. Because realistically, I could drive to Belfast if there was no infrastructure or nobody stopping me. I could drive to Belfast with five illegal immigrants in the back of the car. Who's going to stop me? They then travel from Northern Ireland into the UK illegally and probably get away with it. So there has to be, you can't have a bucket with holes in it. He also uh, went on to say that it wouldn't be a hard border. He said the UK is set to leave the EU on the 31st of October. Mr Johnson has said that the exit will go ahead with or without the deal. Despite MPs passing a law last month forcing him to ask for an extension uh, from the EU if Parliament hasn't voted in favour of the specific deal or leaving without one. The issue of the Irish border and how uh, to keep it free from border checks when it comes to the frontier between the UK and the European Union has been a key sticking point in all the negotiations. Everything that's been happening over the last two years has all been about the Irish border and Northern Ireland. And the current government says the solution reached by the EU and Theresa May, the backstop, is unacceptable. An alternative to it, an alternative must be found. In other words, the backstop, this famous backstop you keep hearing about, the backstop is basically an assurance there would be no border. That's all the backstop means, as technically speaking. There would be assurance, assurance no border. He's basically saying it's unacceptable. We can't do that. We can't leave the EU and assure the Irish people and the Northern Irish people there would be no border. We can't do that. That's just an impossibility. And a fool would have known that right from the start. According to leaked proposals, the government has accepted there must be a customs check on the island of Ireland. And tonight, you might have noticed... If you're looking at the newspapers in the journal.ie, there is pictures of revenue receiving new cars. A truckload of new cars went up to Dundalk in preparation. I drove from Belfast on Monday morning uh, down to Dublin at half past nine. When I got to Jonesborough, or close enough to Jonesborough, on the main road, the traffic was diverted into one lane. It said accident ahead. There was no accident. None at all. There was about 30 police, some armed, some unarmed, um, and just standing around. To me, it seemed like a preparation. It seemed like they were doing some sort of traffic management to see what it would be like if we actually did control the traffic down to one lane for a quick check of a driver's license or whatever, or checking a boot or whatever it happens to be. It looked like that's what they were doing. I could be wrong, but there was no other reason for them to be there and there was no other reason for them to bring it down to single lane traffic because there was no accident. And there was no other reason for about 30, 30 police to be there. So they're practising, they're doing trial runs because it's inevitable. He told Breakfast Television, they're not talking about the proposals that we're actually going to be tabling. They're talking about some stuff that went in previously and this is in relation to the backstop. And Simon Coveley said that the idea of a non-starter tweeting that Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland deserve better uh, is nonsense to be honest with you because Simon Coveney has no say in the matter. He really doesn't. They can ask and they can request, they can meet with Boris Johnson, they can meet with the European Union but realistically, they have no say. A European Commission spokesperson said uh, they would not be commenting on reports, but the position remained that they had not received any proposals yet from the UK that met with the objectives of the backstop. And Mr Johnson told the BBC that he would not reveal details of the proposal to be put to the EU at this stage, but the UK would be making a very good offer. So I want to get your thoughts on this border. Although they're saying it's not a hard border, it is. It's a customs border. It's a border. And, and I spoke about this last week when we were talking about racial profiling and I mentioned the fact that some people think there's no border because we can drive up and down all the time. And it doesn't. It seems quite seamless and invisible. But there is actually a border there. Technically speaking, under the law, 
as we're English and Irish citizens, we don't have to carry a passport. But we do have to have identification. If you're a non-UK uh, Irish citizen, you must carry a passport because you can be asked for it if you don't have reason to be in the state and you can be removed from the state. So that border technically still stands. Now, of course, everybody's concerned about how this affects the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, could it mean trouble on the island of Ireland again with the new IRA? There's lots and lots of questions to be asked. And how are they going to man this border? Because, of course, the suggestion is the first person who stands out on that road and puts his hands out is going to be in a lot of trouble because there is dissidents out there who will not be very happy that that border now is not invisible anymore and it becomes visible again. I want to know what you think. Will you accept it if it comes to it? Because here's my thinking on it. I accept that Britain have left the European Union or will leave the European Union. I accept the democracy. That's the way the British people voted. Whether I agree with it or not, I accept it. And if I accept that, I must accept the fact that Northern Ireland is part of the United Kingdom and part of that deal. And for that reason and that reason alone, I must accept that there will be a customs checkpoint at Newry or in and around Dundalk or Jonesboro, whatever it happens to be. Let me know what you think. Do you accept the border if it comes to it? Or the checkpoints. Let me know. Uh, the number is 87 188 As an Irish person, do you accept it? Stephen, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Stephen? No, good evening. I'm going to say something that's probably no doubt will shock you. You can't believe everything a politician says. Oh, I know that. that. specifically goes for Prime Minister Johnson. Just because he says it doesn't make it so. But as you did mention Parliament earlier, Parliament has legally passed a law that means he cannot leave the EU without a deal. So I think at the moment we're just seeing brinksmanship, we're seeing him playing chicken. Boris, it is yeah, but, but here's the thing. The juggernaut at the EU 27. Okay, but if, hoping they're going to blink first. But if he comes up with a deal and he hasn't told us exactly what his deal is, but he does insinuate that it may, uh, there may have to be a customs post uh, on either side of the border, right? So let's say he comes up with a deal, he puts it to Parliament, they say no, which they've been saying all along to every deal that's... Um, Theresa May come up with. Mind you, the DUP have backtracked because they said no to Theresa May about the, the border down the centre of the sea. Mind you, they were kind of almost agreeing with that last week. I think there's desperation at this stage. But let's say he puts a deal to them and they say no. But as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I believe, he doesn't have to go with Parliament. He can still fire away and do it anyway. Parliament, that's not legally binding. No, the Parliament bill is. But that's now law. No, I'm talking about the law. The law that Parliament voted on is legally binding. But in the 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 deal that he puts to them um, in the next couple of weeks, that's not legally binding if they don't vote on it. My understanding is that whatever he says or doesn't say, the the UK cannot leave the European Union um, without having a deal in place, and Parliament has to vote on that deal. Therefore, he can put a deal to Parliament, but if they don't pass it, he still can't leave. That is my understanding, and I, I stand to be corrected. But that's what no, I no. It what, is. I, what I'm saying is, once he puts a deal to them. He is then uh, fulfilling his obligation under the legislation which they imposed three weeks ago, which, or what's more now, actually, it's four weeks ago, which means that he must have a deal to leave. If they reject the deal, as far as I know, in Parliament, that's only a guideline, he, it's, not legally, it's not legally sound. He doesn't have to accept their vote. But he has still put a deal to them, so he has, uh, he has kept his obligation to the law. My understanding is, I say, I know what you're saying, but I don't think that is right. And I, I, it's, it's perhaps something to, to, to investigate further. But I still think this is all part of the negotiation ploy by the Prime Minister. That what he ultimately wants, in that he wants, he, he doesn't want Brexit to have happened. He wants a general election and he wants to blame everyone else except for him. Because if you remember, his biggest threat 
is uh, Nigel Farage and the Brexit Party. So if he can say, I tried to deliver Brexit, but Ireland, the rest of the EU, everyone else was against him and stopped him doing the will of the people, as in his view, that is his ploy in order to come back and get more seats so that he actually will have a majority, something Theresa May gambled with and lost. And, and, and OK, let, let's just say, let's run with what, what's on the table at the moment, or certainly what's in the media at the moment, and what he's putting out at the moment. And let's just say, for example, they go out of the EU without a backstop, um, with some other deal which forces us to have a customs checkpoint. Do you believe, do you believe that's a big problem? I believe that will be a problem, but I think it's more like the sky will turn pink in the morning because I think it's become clearer and clearer that the rest of the EU is solidly behind Ireland, including, most importantly, Germany and France. So they will not, um, they, they will not roll back. They can't because they have upcoming trade agreements with, with, with other countries, um, particularly China, to find But they will equally have an obligation to put a border on this side of uh, the border, so to speak, uh, the European Union. We won't. We actually won't have a choice in that. No, I mean, if it did happen, you're correct. It would be a border between the EU and it'll be a European and border, and, yeah, and, and, a, and a third country. But because the EU has been so um, strong behind the backstop, and we should always remember the backstop was actually a British government idea in the first place. Theresa May cancelled the press conference after getting a call from the DUP, which realised they wouldn't support it. Um, but isn't it, funny that, isn't it funny that the DUP this week are now saying that they would support what she suggested in the first place, which was a border down the centre of the Irish Sea, and they're now saying that they would support their... Well, it looks like they're supporting that now all of a sudden. Well, I think that's because the majority of the supporters, particularly anyone who's involved in business or has a job and wants to keep the job, understands that uh, what a disaster... Uh, uh, no Economically, it would be, be a disaster, yes, if, they, if there's a border between Ireland and Northern Ireland, of course. Yeah, and predominantly, looking at the people who vote for the DUP, a lot of them are business people and people who work. Not exclusively, but I think the vast majority of those um, are persuading them. So I think they're also looking at a way maybe to modify their position without looking complete idiots. I mean, the, the problem is, I mean, what we don't really don't understand is we have to take into consideration the people who live there and live in the border area. Many of those people, you know, go to the local grocery store, which is on the other side of the border. Uh, their kids go to school, maybe, on the other side of the border. Um, and we, we take it for granted that those people, you know, will be okay in all this. But that could be a huge problem as well. I, I can see it, foresee those things happening. Yeah, absolutely. But the border is still there. The border hasn't disappeared. Um, now, since the Good Friday Agreement, the IRA surrender and, and, and moving forward and, and the dismantling of the security post, there is free movement, though there is border still there. And both, uh, yeah, but the Good forces. Friday Agreement itself says very little about the issue of a border because of the common travel area between the UK and Ireland and both countries' membership of the EU Customs Union. So, in saying that, the Good Friday Agreement never took into consideration that Ireland or the UK would not be part of the EU. So no, it was never taken into consideration. That, so that that puts the whole Good Friday Agreement in a little bit of disarray as well. Well, it also it, um, it also resulted, as I said, in the dismantling of the security apparatus and a free border. So the, 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 there, there's a conflict. We're up against the immovable object and the hard place at the moment, or the immovable force. So, mm-hmm. but I, I think going back... Will you recognise it, Stephen? If, if it happens, you know, and some guy stands out in the middle of the road when you're driving up to Belfast... You're hardly going to run them over. Would you recognise it? It's not a question of refusing to recognise it. I mean, that's saying, you, are you going to deny the colour of the sky? Are you going to deny, deny the... But there's uh, a lot of people saying that they're refusing to recognise. They refuse to recognise it. Again, I actually don't think it, it will come to that. I am certain there will be some form of deal. It may be... I, it, I'd be willing to put a bet on with you here, Stephen. Yeah, it, 
that, that, that there won't be a deal or there will be a deal? There won't be a deal. Oh, well, there will be a deal, but it'll be a deal that we won't be happy with. It's not going to be a backstop. Um, I'm not so sure about that. I think there, there, there has to be. The EU can't climb down. There's far bigger fish to fry than just one country of 60 million people. The EU um, is, is, I think, fully behind Ireland. I know initially people were sceptical of it, but I think a week and week so the by, EU has to be very careful. They can't give a cosy deal to Britain because if they do, all of a sudden they're going to have other countries looking to leave. So they have to make it as difficult as possible for Britain to leave. Well, I don't think that, to be... I understand the point you're making, but I think it's unfair to say the EU is stopping Britain leaving, which is what some of the Tories say. The EU bent over backwards and spent two years negotiating good faith, a very detailed withdrawal document. And remember, they haven't even got to the next stage of Brexit, that even if they do agree with this deal, they then have to go into all the negotiations. Oh, yeah, I know. People don't realise there's another three years to go, yes. Three years, Niall. It could be 30 years. Yeah. Well, well, stay there for a second. Let me just let me go to Morris as well. Morris, you're on Classic Hits. Aiden Morris. How are you doing, Morris? Uh, Morris, you know, I'm looking at the pictures today of the revenue, the new revenue cars. They've just ordered a load of new cars delivered to Dundalk today. I saw a checkpoint, well, not a checkpoint, a practice checkpoint yeah. uh, on yesterday morning uh, on the other side of the border. There seems to be certainly uh, a hesitation to say that it's not going to happen. I know, yeah. I was reading an article there on Twitter about two weeks ago, and a girl was travelling from Derry down to Dublin. And the bus was stopped on the Republican side, and the guards got on and asked everybody for ID and passport. Well, that that's still, no, that happens anyway. That that's still happening yeah. and has been happening all the time. That's just immigration. Well, that, that's just the people uh, making sure that there's no illegals coming in already from the north. I think anybody that's illegal in mainland England, either England, Scotland, and Wales, they'll travel over to the north of Ireland, no border, back into the EU jobs. I look at the television this evening. Here's how clever people are getting. A Lithuanian family bought a house in the north three miles from the border because the house was a hundred times cheaper than buying a house in Ireland. He travels back to Monaghan every day and he goes to work in a metal fabrication shop and then travels home, gets paid in his euros, comes back across the border, does his shopping here, but buys his petrol in the north because it's cheaper. So people are using the border. But to be honest with you, what I think is going to happen, Boris Johnson wants to screw us. He wants to screw the EU. He wants to be a standalone. Um, his favourite person is Churchill. We'll fight them, you know, mm-hmm. we'll fight them on the beaches, all that choice. Um, the leakage of stuff about where he wanted border checkpoints already, and he's coming out now saying it's an old idea. I think he just wants to get out with nothing. Now, they passed a law in the English MPs, Houses of Parliament, that he can't... Leave it out a deal. ...legally do a deal, cannot do a deal. It won't go through. They voted that in against him. But like you said, he'll draw it right out to Halloween, and he'll say, we're out. We can, nothing we can do about it. He put us out anyway. Well, you, that's, I, well, that's what he did by suspending Parliament. Yeah. That's what he was trying to do. He doesn't want more anymore debate. That was illegal, right? Now, the lady that brought him to court was on the radio. She was on Marion Finucane at the weekend. Just by chance, I heard her. And she said she read the 500-page document that Theresa May agreed with the EU with the backstop. She said it was the most horrendous deal she'd ever seen on paper. And she got her legal team to go through it. And they would have been in the EU for the next 15 to 20 years with no say, no nothing, handing over billions. So mm. like you said, the EU are going to screw them, right? They've copped onto this now, and Jonathan says, do you know what? We, we slaughtered Europe before, we slaughtered Ireland before, we get out and shit and piss all over them. So to me, they're going to go back up the border, unfinished revolution, let's go back to war, boys. Yeah, I, I mean, get back to our country. 
And, and, and can I say to Stephen, I, I kind of agree with Morris in some sense. that uh, You know, Boris Johnson is using language to me that sounds very patriotic, uh, yeah. Stephen. He's using language, the way he even said, a sovereign united country. To say that alone, to use that language suggests that, you know, we're back to this imperialistic British again. And, you know, we're leaving. We're going to be independent. We're going to be on our own. And feck is all. I totally agree. I think that's coming from his strategist, Dominic Cummings. I mean, to appeal to people's emotions, fear and pride are very strong emotions. Uh, English, I say English rather than Scots, Welsh, uh, um, are very nostalgic towards the their empire, the Second World War. Um, and it actually goes back, I think, to the topic you were discussing earlier about history. I mean, sometimes you think when you talk to an English person, there's only two dates they know. That's 1066 and 1966. They don't seem to know anything else mm-hmm. about their own history, let, let alone about anyone else's history. Uh, they won the World Cup and something else, and that was about it. Um, but I think... Um, I was sorry, was yeah, no, about I was it. talking about his yeah. lang- the language he yeah, uses. Yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I understand why he's doing it. But, I mean, if you look at history... Um, the reason why the Allies won was 20 million Russians died it was not, and the Americans came in on their side um, same as in the First World War after the sinking of Lusitania England on its own did not win either war but they don't see it that way they know very little of their own history but I mean it, it's certainly doing it it's the emotive thing it's to pull at people's emotions and heartstrings it's nothing but he, well, he wants he, he's going to do he's, well he's determined as I said to you already I believe he's determined to do this and he wants the people behind him and that's why he's using this language He's exactly. talking about British Britain being a sovereign country. Yes, yeah, sorry, go, Morris. Go ahead. So yeah, he's lost the last six votes in the House of the Party. He hasn't won a vote since he got in, right? But one of the things that I think people are starting to recognise: both England have a leader and we have a leader of this both countries who weren't voted in by the people; they were voted in by their parties. So if people had a choice, Leo wouldn't be in charge here, and Boris wouldn't be in charge over there. The so the well, well, I mean, he may he may not have a huge amount of support in the Parliament. But I don't know, Morris. I, I think he has still... I mean, the, obviously, the, the Brexiteers in the UK support him. I think they're, they're quite supportive of him and all the people who voted for Brexit, half the yeah. population or whatever it happens to be. I think, you know, I think they would support him and, and they would also support Nigel Farage. The suggestion a while ago was there would be a general election before this all happened, which didn't really happen because he did no. challenge, obviously, Corbyn to a general ele- election. And that, you know, he would have won and that Nigel Farage would have been his right-hand man. Now, what I think no. is going to happen is he's scaremongering the whole hills of the parliament. They're saying, what will we do? What can we get rid of Boris? Like, he's in a minority government now. Everybody could vote against him. Well, he's, like, he's like Trump at the moment. He's quite Teflon, isn't he, Stephen? Yeah. But just on, on the point there, um, no Irish Taoiseach uh, or no British Prime Minister is ever, direct, is ever directly elected. They we no, both have representative democracies. No, yeah, just yeah but in, in saying that, normally when we go to a general election, the general election uh, party will go you know, to a general election with a leader. So we're voting for that leader. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the reason why um, the situation in the UK is so fraught is that no one... Certainly not the opposition parties and even half his own party don't believe Johnson, which is the reason why they won't go for a no confidence vote, because he could say he'd call a general election before he dissolves Parliament. And then it's up to him. He could then change the date of the general election till after October the 31st, which would allow him to crash out without a deal. He says he won't. But the key issue is no one trusts him. He has absolutely no trust. So the clock will oh, he's go down. There will be a, an extension. And going back to the earlier point... Well, you're quite confident about that, Stephen. There will be an extension. I don't believe there will be. I think there will be. No, I We'll bet a pint and a donut on it. Yeah, well, we'll I, absolutely. Let me just go to John. John, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, John? Hi, how are you, sir? John, you would support a hard border? 
Well, it's not that we support Held Border. We have no choice. Look, when Maggie Thatcher was the Prime Minister of England, and when Gareth Fitzgerald was the Taoiseach here, when they met you on the Anglo-Irish negotiations, right, she said to him, and you can look it up, right, that they got it wrong. That meant the idea was the Irish government and the negotiations between the British government. She said they got it wrong in 1920. In other words, I mean, we're stuck with this mess now since 1920. We had the Good Friday Agreement. We had peace for the last 20 years in the north. But here we go again. Whether we like it or not, you just said it previously, it's another country. We have no jurisdiction, Varadka or anyone. If you remember the Good Friday Agreement, part of that from the people voters, we had to vote. And we gave up or to any terror. I know now it's only aspirational, right? Because the Brits still owned it, right? Whether we like it or not. We had to give up our territorial claim on the north of Ireland. That was the price for peace. That was the but, price it, it, but it was also in the agreement, too, that if ever there was an appetite for a united Ireland, that a referendum should be held. Well, That was part uh, of the agreement as well. This idea, you know, having a border poll in the middle of all this is going on, like, I mean, people would want to go... No, well, that's, that's not going to happen now at the moment. They want to get psychiatrically checked out, no, I mean, like the Mary Lou's of this world and anyone else who's actually coming up with that, right? Now, I saw the same footage as you did tonight, right, with the, with the new customs truck, where the Taoiseach is standing on the street and says there'd be no border. What are we buying new vehicles for, so, right? I spoke to a man there and his wife there over the weekend. I met him. They were from London. He was, he's a retired policeman and his family are in the police as well. And he told me that they're getting ready. They've continued... Oh, they're already hiring. I know in, I know in, Belf- no, in Belfast they're hiring for customs. But he said they're getting ready for civil de- disobedience in the streets because obviously there's two sides. The Remainers won't accept it like it means Boris crashes out. If they don't crash out, if they have some kind of a deal, the people voted for to leave. So one way or the other, like, I mean, the Brits are going out. There will be trouble in England, but there also will be trouble here. And look, if the nutters are both start out again on one side or the other, like, I mean, that's on them. That's not up to us, like, I mean, if those psycho scumbags start again, like they beat up that man there that was involved in the Queen organization there, the priest called, uh, called, him, called it a crucifixion. These people are out there. They're psychos, lunatics on both sides, like, and it shouldn't be tolerated. Well, we, we've we've seen examples of their work recently with innocent people being killed, uh, car bombs back in Derry again. You know, so we've seen examples of their work, and they, you know, some of these are bored. They're just waiting for yeah, uh, yeah, a reason yeah. to kick off again. Yeah. I was in the supermarket now today, and I just looked at all right? And the amount of, of stuff there, like I mean, that comes across the water here, uh, and the medicines. I spoke to a guy that was delivering recently here, and I asked him. I said, "Are you stockpiling?" He said, "Yes." He said, "Well." I'm nearly at the verge of another breakdown. He said, no. He said, there's so much stuff coming in, trying to stockpile. I spoke to another guy who's a... Yeah, because there's a lot, a lot of things we just take for granted. Now, I'm not, this is not a doomsday yeah. situation. It's not that the shelves are going to be empty or anything like that. But British products that we wouldn't... I remember the day when we didn't have the deal with the United Kingdom. We weren't part of the European Union. And, you know, it was exciting to see British foods and uh, British things that we'd see advertised on telly being sold in Ireland. And we just take that for granted now because, we, you know, stuff goes back and forward. And it still will. But the problem well, it is will it'll will be more expensive now. It'll be more expensive because I, I saw there just in the news where well, they know there's a bakery. They know they reckon 25% increase. Like, you know, because, you know, a huge bulk uh, percentage of the floor has to come across. They reckon 25% extra to cost them, right? That means the law for bread will be dealer. I mean, and you've got people then will be travelling up to the north to buy goods again illegally I, like I, we did I, before. I, I, I mean, which people don't realise. I mean, if you're coming into the south working from the north and whatever, you're going to have to get a work visa. Mm-hmm. 
So everything is going to change. Your British, your, well, there's a lot. We're running an ad actually at the moment on Classic Hits that your British driver's license won't be yeah, valid after it. Brexit. Yep. You have yeah. to get an Irish driver or European driver's license. So, mm-hmm. it, so it does affect a lot of things, absolutely. But, but, but I, I, you, I, but you accept that if Britain do go out of the EU, it has to happen. Well, it has to happen because look, we were to me, I was blue in the face and listening to Simon Corbyn over the last three years. And Veracruz, yeah, but that, and, and both of them, no plan B, no yeah, plan no B. No plan B. That we're, we're, we're not making any plans for the hard Briggs this race, and I just carry on. There'll be no border race, and I was looking at these guys. I said, "You for real?" I said, "I'm not in politics. I follow politics like you, right?" I mean, but I mean, nasty for Jesus. Anyone could see that this was going to come down to the world. Like, and yeah, well, let me let me ask Stephen just about that. Stephen, you're a knowledgeable man when it comes to politics, and you know, I'm not a political person by any stretch of the imagination. You would know probably not more about politics than I would, and yet. I could foresee two and a half years ago that it was going to end up in this stalemate and we were going to be fighting over this border and eventually a customs checkpoint will probably have to go there no matter what way you look at it. But yet Varadkar and Coveney seemed oblivious to that. I'd agree with most of what you said there, except I don't think the um, hard Brexit is actually going to be the end result. I think this is a clever plan, particularly since Johnson has come in, more so than Theresa May, who I think tried her best I think the worst decision she ever made was, was to call the general election. But you're, you're making it sound like a conspiracy, Stephen, that he's almost planning for this to backfire so as it doesn't happen. No, he's using it to negotiate. That's what, what politicians do. He knows that um, the damage it will cause to his own country. I don't believe he's a stupid man. I think he's a highly intelligent man who just puts on this act. Um, I think the people he negotiates with also are aware of the damage that that will be done. And as I said before, it, it's going to be who blinks first. But what did he say about an extension? He would rather be found dead in a ditch. Yeah, yeah but again, that, that's just bluster. That all plays into his role as he sees it after when the general election will come, and we all know there will be a general election. Um, and and somebody basically points that out. Somebody says, I was listening to LBC today during the day, and it was frightening to hear the British people talking, and he said Johnson will walk a general election at the moment. He could. And in one way, whoever comes back in... If they, at least if they have a majority, they can actually negotiate in good. They can actually negotiate properly. I think Theresa May did her best. The trouble is, she 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 spent more time arguing with her own party than did, than she did negotiating with the rest of the EU. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to hang on. Some of the text went in. Uh, Boris is doing what any leader would do for his country. As for Stephen saying the British only know 1966 or 90, uh, 1066, 1966 is outrageous. Following the death of Hitler, a President de Valera at the time sent a letter of sympathy on behalf of the Irish people to the Germans, says Anthony in Cork. Another person says, I hope the EU offer an extension so Boris can tell them where to stick their extension right up their... Gulag holes. Viva Brexit. Steve Boilo, the asshole leader of Ireland, is a fecking doctor. How the F is a doctor going to. Uh, a doctor will fuck it up. Right, okay. Thanks for sharing that with us. I don't know, I don't know what the last part of your text was meant to hey. be. Yeah, sorry, John. Yeah, look, I mean, as the girls uh, with that other uh, caller said there, who's going to blink, right? Well, I personally, this is my personal opinion, like, and some of my friends who I've watched this now, right? I don't think Europe is going to blink. And the point you made was, was, was good and was right. when you said, like, I mean, that they can't afford to show any favour towards Britain because, I mean, uh, at the moment, I uh, saw recently there, uh, the Italy alone, they owe $3 trillion. That's what they owe. That's their best, right? Spain is a basket case. The youth unemployment in Spain is through the roof, right? Greece, we all know about Greece and the debt there. So, I mean, this whole bloody European dream has only been held together with uh, a bit of sellotape. So, I mean, they're really going to go for the Brits, like, I mean, I reckon they won't blink. If you're thinking that Europeans are going to blink the EU, they won't. 
Okay, well, stay there a second. Let me go to Deirdre as well. Uh, Deirdre, you're on Classic Hits. Uh, Deirdre. Well, speaking from Kells. Speaking from Kells in County Mead, yeah. Yeah, Deirdre, I mean, will you accept that you might have to stop at a border? Well, do you know something, Nile? It's going to be a total disaster because I'll tell you what, we're going to be in the middle of it, which we are. The, The British didn't know what they were voting for, but I think they should go back to the people and get another referendum. It's Never going to be a total... That's not going to happen at this stage. Well, it's, going, it's just going to be a nightmare. And we're, we're going to be affected big time. Well, of course we are. You know... And anybody who thought we weren't is a fool. But, I mean, the, there's not a possibility, Deirdre, of a second referendum at this stage. No, no way. I put that in the night to the policeman I spoke to the other night, and he said there would be civil war, he said, if they even went there. Yep. Yeah, because no. what you can do is see if it works, and if it's not working out too well, now it could take obviously a period of ten years. You could go back to the people and say, "Can we have a second referendum and rejoin Europe?" That would take a long time, but for the moment, Deirdre, they're not going to go back with a second referendum. Never. But could they not? No. Could somebody not help out here and say, "Look, what we, we want an extension." Well, to last Christmas or something. <laughs> I don't. I, well, I, that's what Stephen is saying. But I, they've already kicked it down the road twice. I don't think they're going to kick it down the road again. I don't think that's going to happen again. Stephen believes it will. I don't think it will. We have well, a, yeah. We have a donut with a cup of coffee on it. Sorry, sorry, Stephen. Go ahead. I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I would actually frame it in the context that there is a deal, and then that would then be put to the people to say that you voted to leave. You could argue how many people actually knew what they were voting for, and even those who voted to leave, I said, uh, some polls have shown that the majority did not want to leave without without a deal. In that, whatever deal, I don't like done, that argument. Say, but I know I'm saying I don't like this argument that they the insinuation that people were stupid and they didn't know what they no, were voting for. Were no, 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 I'm not saying you're saying it. But there's an insinuation in Britain that oh, we didn't actually go to the British people and say, well, look, this is what's on the table. We actually just went and said, you know, deal or no deal, essentially, right? Brexit, end of story. We didn't give them the pros and the cons and everything else. They kind of did. There was debate after debate after debate. There was never in the referendum any stipulation of any deal. So, in other words, people voted for a no-deal Brexit. They voted yes or no for a no-deal Brexit. No, I just agree with two things. One, it's it's important to note that the UK, unlike Ireland and other countries, doesn't have a referendum commission that legally puts out the two sides in a balanced way. Yeah, but there was plenty of debate. There was plenty of debate around it. Yeah, and there was. And there was an awful lot of talk of a Canada Plus or a Norway Plus agreement at the time. That's what even the Brexiteers were talking about. It, was, it wasn't mentioned that much. There could be a no deal. And if it was, certainly the consequences of it weren't men, met. But there's nothing wrong. I mean, Britain is a democracy. Mm-hmm. They, 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 at some stage, there will be some form of deal, whether it's now, next year, 10 years. And that deal, I think, will be put back to the people to say, this is what we've done. Do you agree with it? Do you, or, or do you want to go back in or do you want to ignore it? But I think it will be. I wouldn't rule it out. Um, I'd say it's probably 50-50. There will be another referendum but not on the same question it will be it will be phrased slightly differently because it will be a referendum on the deal sorry john sir bonner said it the other night there's someone said to me again the last week or two there he said they said about the referendum he said no the people voted to leave and that's it they voted to leave and you forget about it it's not going to happen i think i think honestly Stephen, if there was going to be a second referendum or if there was even a risk of a second referendum it would have happened by now I think I, it probably should have happened by now, but I mean, things, <laughs> events, dear boy, as they said years ago, uh, things happen. But I mean, we, I mean, we're, we're, we're less than 30 days away now. Yeah, we are, but I mean, 
no one, the polls showed Theresa May was going to come back with a huge, with a majority. Polls showed that Trump would, wouldn't uh, get elected. So just because polls at the moment are showing that Boris is ahead, doesn't necessarily mean anything. Plus, um. plus remember, this, the first past the post system over there, the, the national percentages don't really well, I, matter. Like Paddy, I've been, yeah, but like Paddy, I've been listening to LBC as well and listen to some of the callers on it. And, you know, Boris... No matter what they seem to be saying about him at the moment, be it feeling as for somebody's leg 20 years ago or drinking out of a disposable cup of coffee tonight, uh, anything at all to try and discredit him, they're not, it's not working. They're not discrediting him. No, because people vote again on emotions, not necessarily logic. So it, it they, they, a, see a, him, they see him as a, another Trump. Some do, not yeah. everyone do. As this but kind of rogue he, guy who's who does what he says he's going to do, and you know what? That's what people are looking for around the world at the moment. They're looking for politicians who have balls. They're looking for politicians who will actually do what they say they're going to do, no matter what the odds happen to be. They're looking for people who are go getters, and this—that's what he is. I mean, I'm not saying he's right, by the way. I'm just saying no. he's the type of politician who'll do what he says he's going to do. Oh, I think he's a very clever politician who, who will get votes. And I also think he's playing on the fact that people are weary over there of, of, of Brexit and talk about it. And many are saying, well, just leave. Damn the consequences. We voted to get out. Go out. But the logical part of that is you could be voting to destroy your own country as well as Ireland and, and, and the surrounding area. All right. Well, look, I've got to take a break. I'm going to come to Steve after the break, by the way, who believes we should rejoin the Commonwealth. Uh, OK, but the, the real question I'm asking you is, you know, the suggestion today is that there will be borders. Uh, when I say borders, custom checkpoints, um, obviously inside the border of the United Kingdom uh, and possibly on this side, at the Dundalk side as well. Um, are you happy about it? Well, clearly you're not happy about it, but would you accept it? Do you accept that Northern Ireland is not part of Ireland? And as such, when, when the UK leaves the European Union, they will also leave and we will really have distance between us. Let me go to Steve. Steve, you're on Classic Hits. We're all bleeding sick of Brexit at this stage. I know, yeah, but well, thankfully this is the first time we've ever talked about it and we're only talking about it now because it's only 30 days away and it looks like there will be some sort of border, possibly, uh, if indeed they do leave the EU, on either both sides or one side of the border. Well, what's going to happen with the border is it's just going to make it messy, expensive and violent. And I think we can all see that that's going to happen because it's going to be expensive for us and the UK as well. I think the worst thing we ever did um, actually brought some goods to the country. We had the Lisbon Treaty and we joined the EU and everything turned to shit. But the only good thing that came out of that was that it opened up the borders between Ireland and the UK. And when that opened up, we got to know our UK brothers much better. And now we have good relations with them. And because of Brexit, it is going to stifle them relations and it is going to create more tension in both countries. Mm-hmm. So my, what I think we should do is go back and join the Commonwealth. We have Ooh. had we have had a hundred years of running this country ourselves. We have made an absolute balls of it. I think most people can agree, and the British seem to be doing really well for themselves lately. Well, you wouldn't say that over the last two years, mind you. Well, they have they have uh, better control on uh, immigration than we do. So if we rejoined the Commonwealth... Um, well, they will. Well, they will have better control on immigration. They will exactly. They will after Brexit after Brexit. And I think that the Irish people, as 
we are, there's a lot of us who are lefties, but there's more right-wing people appearing every day who are going, oh, you know, we have enough um, immigration into the country. We need to do something about it. Now there's borders between Ireland and the UK. So join the Commonwealth. Yeah, but you know as well as I do with the history between the two countries that no matter how many times you say that, that's not going to sound good. Because there are people out there who may not be active Republicans, but certainly they're patriots. And they're saying, over their dead body, are they going to join something that's part of the British, uh, of, um, the imperialism, imper- British imperialism? And those people you're talking about, Niall, are a dying breed. There have been how many generations since then? Well, there hasn't, and there has, there's only been really one generation since then. I mean, the 1970s yeah. is when the height of it was. Well, yeah, then 1970s, but there's another generation. So there's been two generations. And most people of my age, you know, really don't give a crap about what's going on between um, Ireland and Northern Ireland. And yeah, but Northern you, you, I don't know how many times you've been up in Northern Ireland recently. And, you know, you, you're quite shielded from what's happening up there down here because... In Northern Ireland, when you drive around, it's quite obvious that the division is still there between Catholics and Protestants, between Loyalists and Republicans. It's The, the division is very obvious. All you got to do is drive from area to area. You drive from Bangor West to, uh, to Bangor and you can see, you know, that you'll see the, the Loyalist flags and you'll drive up to another area and you'll see Republican flags everywhere. You know, you'll drive past certain areas, the Queen's pictures in every window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's flags flying everywhere. You go up there for the first two weeks of July, the July fortnight, and you will see what it's like. It's bedlam. It's like the purge. So what well, I'm saying... What I'm saying yeah, to you is it's a very different atmosphere up there than it is down here. So if you yeah, turn around to them... It's just a display of nationalism. You know, because the whole Catholic-Protestant thing, Noel, you know and I know that's dead. It's, no, not, really, it's not dead. There's still Catholic and Protestant schools. There's still sectarianism up there. Absolutely. But how many of them are actual practicing Catholics or Protestants? But it doesn't make any difference. It's their parents. Their parents. Huge. I mean, look, look at what happened there. There was a recent, uh, that bonfire where the young kid was killed, right? Stabbed to death or whatever it was. Yep. And, you know, the police went in to try and stop them setting this bonfire. And this was after the July fortnight. And these kids were probably 17 or 18 years of age. And okay. they basically ran the police out of the place. You know, okay. and, and, and shouting all sorts of Republican rants at, them, at the police. Look what's happening in Derry in the bog side at the moment. They're all young people. They're all, you know, 16, 17, you know, 20-year-old uh, young people. They weren't, even, they, they, they weren't even born when the Good Friday Agreement happened. Yeah, but the problem is, Noel, these, these people are just a very, very small pocket because most people, I mean, Jesus has been peace up the north for a long, long time now. And what happened is we got, the Irish and the British got to know each other. And they went, oh, well, we're not all that different, so let's have some peace. And I don't think it's going to go back um, to people actually, you know, killing one another and setting off bombs. And if it, if it does, it's going to be a very small amount of people who do it. So we need to keep these borders open. It's imperative for our relations between Ireland and England to keep those borders open because all the and you and you believe the only way to do that is to join the Commonwealth. Well, that would do it. Yes, of course, it would do it. It would do it, and because all the all so we would have to obviously leave the EU as well, and that would be a fantastic idea. Well, again, that's that's going to take five years. So I mean, well, I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there who's a clever clog who could fast track it. Okay, well, stay there for a second. Let me just go to James as well. James, you're on Classic Kids. Aiden, James. How's it going now? Uh, James, I mean, you're against the idea of a border, you, but you believe we have to be prepared. 
Exactly. I don't want to see violence return. I don't think anybody does. And shockingly, I actually slightly agree with the state. <laughs> shockingly. Oh, um, you know, Boris flowed the idea of building a bridge. Everybody laughed at him. You know, everybody laughed at him. I think a bridge between Scotland and Northern Ireland could work at a cost of £15 billion. He said the biggest obstacle to overcome is the leftover bombs from World War II in the, in the Irish Sea. Mm-hmm. They'd be worried about the structural integrity of the bridge, obviously, long term. But, uh, yeah, maybe we should reach out in the Commonwealth. It wouldn't actually be such a bad thing. You know, everybody's terrified of the British for historical reasons. They're not the imperialist Brits. You know, they would need... But there are people who see it that way. <laughs> you know, well, you, you might not see it that way, but there are people out there who are quite patriotic. Yeah, but patriotism, but I don't like blind patriotism. I mean, if Maliki was on the air now, he'd call you a traitor, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, a traitor to what, realistically? Like, if you want the very to fact that if Maliki believes the people who join the British Army are traitors. So, I mean, the very fact that you would even, you know, sanction well, his I, idea of joining the Commonwealth. Okay, Maliki's idea of a sovereign nation, I like, but we're not a sovereign nation as of now. We're not. We're a vassal state of the European Union. That's well, absolutely. That we don't control our own currency anymore. Our economic policy is outsourced. So, like, we're not a sovereign state. So that argument is benign, in my opinion. So you believe we might as well be part of the Commonwealth or be part of something else as be part of the European Union? Well, okay, well, let's look. The British, okay, is the fifth largest economy in the globe. They're thinking global, with global trade. Yes, we have literally vast ocean territories that we share. We have a vested interest, culturally similar, regardless if you like it or not. We now speak the same language. I just think there's much more natural bonds between the English and Irish now than there was probably 100 years ago. You know, a lot of those historical scars are still there. Like, the Brits won't even admit the wrongdoings in the famine. You know, this kind of stuff that still derives division between people. But I, I don't necessarily disagree with the whole idea of joining the Commonwealth again. I think we could prosper. I really do. Um, I don't think it would be such a bad thing. Okay, okay well, let, let's look at your idea and say it's not such a bad thing. That still doesn't answer the question what's going to happen in 30 days. Because realistically, even if we went with your idea and Steve's idea, and I have said it before in the past, and other people have said it before in the past as well, if we could get past, I suppose, the bigotry of it, um, it wouldn't be such a bad idea. But in saying, from an economical point of view, but in saying that, that's going to take years because we would have to have a referendum. There would have to be a lot of constitutional changes. Um, it's going to take time. It, just like Brexit, there would be a two-year in period. There would be a three-year out period. So all that's going to take five, six years. Yeah, you see, also, we need to realise how much we have changed since the Good Friday Agreement also. You know, our own p- position. It's, we are arguing more of a European Union uh, state rather than an Irish state. You know, there's going to be a European Union border on our side. It's yeah. going to be a two-sided border. So we will have to erect a border also. Yeah, but it's not. that's not up to us. That's up to the European Union. Exactly. As to how and that border is manned. There was a suggestion at one stage, by the way, that it would be German military on that border. That was uh, the German interior minister, yeah. Gerald Kuschbaum, I think, if yeah. I remember his name. Yeah. yeah, he said it'd be a German and French troops. Yeah. You know? Because obviously our army wouldn't be, uh, would be neutral. No, of course. Of course. So, you know, we're going to have an EU customs post here with foreign troops on our border, possibly. I don't want that. I don't, I'm don't. i not going how on the whole EU, you know, super state idea. I, I definitely don't think the idea was for the, the peripheral countries. If you go back to listen to Winston Churchill back in the 50s when he talked about a European Union of sorts, like of today, a super state, he said specifically for the connected countries and the continent, not for the peripheral states. Mm-hmm. I don't think it benefits us as much as it benefits other countries. No, absolutely. No, no, no. Of, of course not, because the Poles have the leisure of living at the edge of Poland but still working in Germany. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's a two-way, two-sided street. The Germans enjoy cheap labour out of Poland. But we're so, not actually know, enjoying the fruits of Europe as much as other countries would no, because we're an island nation, of course. But 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 in saying that, we do enjoy some of the fruits of the finances, i.e. we would have been absolutely doomed in 2009 if it hadn't been for the money that we got from both Britain and the European Union. Well, most people can agree now that it was actually probably the euro currency that triggered the massive financial collapse across not just Ireland but the entire continent. So it was much more related to the economically flawed euro currency also. So you could argue that it was possibly a terrible idea to switch to the euro because that's what really triggered the boom—the uh, boom to bus system, I would say. Mm. So um, Maggie Thatcher and John Major had the right idea, yeah. Okay, no, lads, I'm absolutely floored by what James is saying there because he's a hundred percent on the money, and I don't think even you can disagree with him, though. No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I've talked before about John, John of the Commonwealth. And I, I, two years ago, actually, we had a guy in who was a kind of expert on the whole thing from a financial point of view, and he discussed it, but he was berated on the air and called names. Uh, but in saying that, we're now in a position where we might not have an option but to do something different or change the way we view things. But, oh. uh, but again, in relation to tonight's topic, that's not going to happen. Well, when you had that guy in, did, it make, when, did he explain that it would make... Oh, no, he, expa- oh, he explained that it made perfect financial sense. But, but do, do me a favor, stay there, speaking of financial sense, but maybe somebody who's a patriot. Uh, Padraig, you're on Classic Hits. How are you doing, Padraig? Mr. Boylan. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're, you're, you're in there with anger, even thinking about this. There's not much point in shaking with anger, Now You have to be cool, calm and collective. Uh, as regards, to one of the biggest mistakes we made, Niall, was that we didn't keep our own currency. When we went from the punt to the euro, we lost 40% of that currency straight away. Now, as regards... We're not going to have a united Ireland, unfortunately, any day soon. So given that's not the case, as I said to you on numerous occasions, Niall, uh, mass immigration supersedes economics for me any day of the week. So I would love to see a hard border because of the hundreds of people are coming, well, non-existent border coming across every day, coming from the UK, coming down here uh, in, in private cars and taxis. Now, let's have a look at this panacea, Niall, of this EU. It, it hasn't had a financial audit in 32 years. In, in Spain, there's 40% uh, youth unemployment, Italy 35%, and, and, and Greece 30%. And you've seen recently, Niall, uh, the Yellow Vest movement in France. Last time I looked, France was the second highest power in the European Union. The poor people there couldn't, can't pay their bills, Niall. So the only people that benefit from this corrupt rich man's club are rich people. The likes of uh, your man Hogan on 350 grand a year. Michael Heseltine get the 100k grant in, in the UK. These people are benefiting. And the economic argument is the people, if you're on 20 grand a year now, it doesn't make any difference whether you're in the EU or you're still poor. Okay, so you, you don't object to, well, if Britain do leave the EU in 30 days' time, you don't object to actually having a customs checkpoint and a border. I love to see a border. Unfortunately, now all our mainstream parties have sold our soul to Brussels. They think it's they think it's a wonderful concept for economic reasons. I think the British have balls for for if we only had a Farage over here or a Johnston, what do we have? Varadka, Colney, like I said, they've sold their souls to Brussels. Okay, well, what about what about, what about Steve's idea and James' idea? That well, look. We're already in the soup, so we might as well do something a bit radical here. Let's leave the EU and join the Commonwealth. Well, 
like I said to you now, mass immigration supersedes economics for me. Whether we join the common, whether we stay out of it, or we have a united... I Ireland. never thought I'd hear the day, Padre, that you as a patriot would say that we could, we could join the Commonwealth, and you no, would be I okay did, with did, that. Uh, no, I did not say that, Niall. What I said was, whether we're in or out of it, it's not going to stop mass immigration. When actually, people traffickers are dictating... You ever think you see the day, now that people traffickers are being allowed to dictate the mass immigration into Europe? You couldn't make it up. Again, I love to see United Ireland, but it's not going to happen anytime soon, Niall, because there has to be, the, as we know, the majority of people in Northern Ireland have to agree to that. Mm-hmm. So given that that's not going to happen, like I said, I'd love to see a hard border. I'd love to see a Farage or a Johnson over here. And, and instead of these, these cowards with no backbone that supposedly is running, running our country. Um, Steve, is that something you would agree with? Well, look, I, you know, it would be amazing radio if you could actually get Porrick to admit you know, that joining, rejoining the Commonwealth would be a good idea. A better because, idea than made in Europe. Uh, yes, absolutely. Because, because, because least, I think Patrick might even agree that we couldn't survive independently. I don't no, believe but, we could. But we have been absolutely raped by the EU. And we have morons running this country. And we do have a problem with immigration. Now, I'm all for, you know, people coming into the country once they're qualified and so on and so forth. And yeah, you've no objection English, to diversity. Yeah. No, I've no objection to diversity. But what the British seem to be doing at the moment is coming up with more policy to, uh, you know, make it harder for illegal immigrants to come into the country. Priti Patel has made that quite clear, that, you know, that she is going to make sure that people do not come into Britain illegally. And and that would solve our problem, too. Okay, well, stay there a second. Let me go to Patrick as well before I wrap this up. Patrick, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Patrick? Go ahead, Patrick. No, just, I, I don't think that a hard Brexit is all that much of a thing to dread. Um, your line is breaking up, Patrick. Just move your head or some, your phone or something or do something with yourself. Go and try it again. No, unfortunately, I really can't. Uh, <laughs> I can just hear... You sound like a Dalek for some reason. Uh, I'll, try, I'll, try and, I'll try and get Helena to get you to call you straight back. Hang on. Uh, the person says, in Ireland... Oh, okay, I can go back to it now. Sorry, go ahead, Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, no, what I think is that it's not so much of a big deal that we're going to have a hard Brexit. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, and like only 11% of our exports are accounted to Britain. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of exports, you know, when you take into account only 11% of our exports are to Britain, and we increased our exports by 15% in the last year. So I welcome a hard Brexit. I, I travel that border on a fairly regular basis. And uh, but how, I, 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 do you work? Do you work in Holland, Patrick? Unfortunately, it's impossible to hear. Line it just keeps breaking up. I, I, if you want to continue, I'll have to get Lena to give you a quick call back. Um, it just keeps going. In Ireland, somebody says here, we are infinitely more impoverished under British rule. The Duke of Wellington himself made reference to it. It needs to be mentioned that the Commonwealth is mainly symbolic and not an economic trading zone like the EU. And also some of the more most impoverished basket case countries in the world are part of the Commonwealth. Yes, I would agree. Uh, Niall, uh, I'm beginning to think you're a people smuggler. You travel up and down so often. Okay, let me just go back to Patrick. I'm on a different line now. Patrick, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. You know, all I was saying there was I travel the week, uh, three days of the week. Yeah. I'm happy, to, or I'm happy to make it. I'm happy to be stuck in the line for an hour. Uh, okay, so you don't mind that your 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 journey might be delayed by say a half an hour or so because well they check happy, your truck. 
happy. I think one of the biggest injustices in Park, I'm sure will agree, is the part of the division of the Ireland. You know, and, and a lot of things that you're saying in terms of people don't want it. Are you, I, Patrick, are you in Spain or do you just need a new phone? I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, but it, it's, no, just, it's just constantly breaking up on us. I can hear you fine, but I'll let, I'll let you go. All right, sorry, I'm really sorry, Patrick, and I was interested in what you had to say. Uh, okay, loads and loads of people texting. Somebody says, is James and Steve off their head? Imagine wanting to join the Commonwealth. The person says, no, I'm quite shocked at Patrick. I always uh, put him down as a real patriot, but he's selling our souls out now just because he believes we can't have a united Ireland. Patrick, do you want to respond to that? What, what does he mean, selling our souls out? But that, but that you've even suggested that, you know, you wouldn't be, you know, you, you'd rather be in the Commonwealth than be part of Europe. I did not say that, Niall. I said, whether we're in the Commonwealth or out of it, it's not going to stop mass immigration. Of course, I want to see a United Ireland. But it's, like I say, it's not going to happen any day soon. I, know, I want to see a border there now to stop, see, stop mass immigration coming in to our country. That's what I want. But I, I don't believe there's any Republican in this country would say, I want to see a border there. Well, look, until if and when we get a united Ireland, that would one be one problem solved. We'd only have our, our other so-called well, we don't have a border. Europe doesn't have a border. No, it's it's, it's open. It's open season. We have Dublin Airport. We have Shannon Airport. We have our, our ports where our ferries come in. But we, um, unfortunately, now we have that border there, with a non-existent border, where people are coming across every day willy-nilly from from the UK. So this has to be stopped. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying when it comes to illegal immigration and people who shouldn't be here, but obviously there are people who have a right to be here. And, of course, if we were part of that, you will, then you would have to um, uh, you would have to vet people and make sure people had visas, etc., etc. All right, listen, lads, I have to wrap it up. Thank you very much indeed, James. Thank you, Patrick. Okay, loads and loads of people texting in. Somebody said, it's so disrespectful of and media... Content, uh, What's he trying to say here? I'm assuming he's saying he needs his patronising to say that people didn't know uh, what they were voting for. Uh, it was an, uh, an in-out referendum. Yeah, well, I would agree with you. I think it is patronising for people to say they didn't know what they were voting for. They knew exactly what they were voting for because it was never suggested any deal was in place. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.